while it's been said that knowledge is power, it is not. Right? Knowledge is potential power. Knowledge is only power when it's applied. So I don't care how many books you read. I don't care that you read a book every three days. I don't care that you've got, you know, your office smells of rich mahogany and leather bound books. I don't care because if you don't apply it, it doesn't matter. You are listening to the Heath Fluids Podcast, and we're having candid and actionable conversations about your health, relationships, business, and ministry. And now here's your host, the second chance coach for men, Michael David Huey. Guys, welcome to another session of the Heath Fluids Podcast. Uh, I get excited every single day to do these, and, and it was really funny. I was texting with a friend of mine, Joel Marion, earlier today, who has a very successful podcast, and he's like, hey, Mike. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. How many people know that there's important people that say important things in your life that really impact you? Sometimes there are even things that we really know and uh, we just don't follow through with them. And, and so before I introduce my guest today, um, uh, I get goosebumps when I, when, I, when, I get, when I get to interview people that um, have the same mindset that I do and they want to see people grow and become the best versions of themselves. And that's why I started this podcast. Uh, and this was, this was really cool. I, I was listening to my guest on my, on my friend Nick Connor's call the other day and I wrote down some notes and they're here beside me. And, and we, as Cody ran off to get his, to get his coffee there before we started, I, I was looking at some of the things that he said and, and I know he's probably going to get into some of this, but I just, before I introduce him and give it a little bit of background, cause he's going to tell a story. And then we, 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 I told Cody, I gave him a little outline that I use, but uh, I tell him that God can have a different way in these things. I, I interviewed, right, Cody, you know that that can go. God can just kind of take over. I, I interviewed my friend David Hughes and his wife, Katie, and, um, and, and it's usually an hour-long session, and we got through like two of the questions, and so I had to bring him on a second time, and, and, and that was awesome because the second time was even better than the first time. So uh, I'm grateful. Cody shared some things with me that challenged me. Um, I feel like I'm a challenger, but Cody said some things the other day that challenged me about getting up a little bit earlier and, and things that I, it's really funny, things that I teach other people. And sometimes we need other people in our circle uh, to influence us to do the right things that we need to do, right? We, we, get, we get lapsed. It's like my friend, we have a, Cody and I have a mutual friend, Cole Hatter. And Cole, Cole is one of the best public speakers and teachers of anybody I've ever met. His, his, his speaker training has impacted my life forever. Um, I listened to my uncle when I was a kid do Toastmasters, but I listened to Cole and Cole taught me, he said, hey, look, sometimes you just have to do a hard check on areas in your life that you're failing in. And you have to, you know, you have to just be tough on yourself. And I think sometimes it's the people that you involve yourself with is, is how those things go. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to uh, get to hear my guest today. Um, his, my guest today is just an awesome guy. I mean, he's recognized as one of the country's leading personal and professional coaches by Entrepreneur USA Today, the Today Show. Um, he's been a walking alongside thousands of entrepreneurs, leaders, and professionals on the subject of personal ownership, development, personal growth, communication, leadership, marketing, branding. We also have a very close mutual friend that's been really evident in my life and beneficial in my life, my friend, our friend Mark Lack, who I know has been very influential in Cody's life too. So uh, he's also the founder and CEO of Embrace the Lion. 
Um, I love that because I think that that's, that's who we are. We need to embrace that, that lion in us, right? He, he's one of the, the nation's leading group coaching programs and high achieving men and women looking to adopt, I love this, the right support. Not just any support, but the right support, right support. Belief, habits, community creates to create success in their lives and business. He's a nationally renowned speaker. I've listened to some of his talks recently. Uh, my wife and I actually li have listened to a couple together. She's really excited. She already told me to make sure that I download this tonight, Cody, so she can listen to it tonight when she gets home. Um, <laughs> he, he resides in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma with his wife and three kids, and he's a dog lover. He has five French Bulldogs, which is pretty cool. And I know, know that he's a Harley fan. He has two Harleys too. And so, um, guys, welcome to the He Fluence podcast. My friend, my new friend, Cody Jefferson. Thanks, brother, for being with me today. Man, it's uh, one, it's good to be here too. That was quite the introduction. Three, my wife is the dog fan. I don't, oh, okay. I, the idea that our home <laughs> includes five dogs is an absolute anomaly. <laughs> me <laughs> but happy wife happy life hey brother when when um one of my my wife and i's spiritual mentors um got me for christmas one year a big sign that says happy wife happy life and it's literally right when my wife walks in the door uh it's right there brother so yeah. I, I i get it right it's 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 important mm-hmm yeah. yeah so i've yeah. also got i've also got the harleys and i've got a full mechanic i've been a licensed mechanic for 20 years now. So uh, that's really important to me because if I'm not doing the things that create happiness and joy in my life, then it doesn't matter how happy my wife's life is. That's right? so good. That's so good. You said that you, I'll, I'll just say this too, before I, before you tell your story, you encouraged me something the other day that I realized sometimes there's things that I'm good at that I kind of suppress sometimes because of the busyness of life. And, uh, and my wife will try to go and fix it, Cody. I don't know if your wife ever does this, but, but, but one time um, I went to hear a Navy SEAL speak with one of my uh, clients here in Orlando area. We just moved over here recently. And uh, she goes, hey, I'll be here when you guys get back, but you might be surprised. How many of you listening today would like it if your wife said, hey, I'll see you when you get back, but you might be surprised. And I came back and she had bought this um, outside um, uh, fire pit and chairs and she literally put it together herself and she says oh the only thing I need from you is to put the propane tank inside the thing and turn it on I was like oh really and so so we had a recent thing here in our house Cody where um, our, our our washer took captive a massive load of our clothes mm. and uh, women do not like it when that happens now I know that half of them were my clothes. And so my wife tried to fix it. She, she said, Did honey, will you, will, yeah, she said, will you line get clogged? Yeah. Uh, I, no, no, it was funny. It was just a lever had caught on the inside that wouldn't release the door. Mm. And, and so it's funny. I, she's like, honey, I've watched every YouTube video. And I was like, maybe I should just type in that. And I, the first video that pops up shows me to take out four screws lift the top up, pull the lever and our clothes came out. And I'm like, yeah. 
well, I guess I probably should have done that a little sooner. Like I, I all these, and she says, honey, I told you that you should have took this project. You like to do these things. You're smart. You're intelligent. You're good at these things. So Cody, Cody encouraged me about all the things that he does, like fixing motorcycles and fixing things. And I know he, he, if you notice, if you're, if you're watching this or listening, if you're listening, you won't see me and Cody, but Cody has a guitar in the background. I know he, uh, likes to play the guitar and, and he's just a, uh, I love it. He's uh he's just a, uh, an all, well, well all rounded guy. And, and I like those type of guys. So uh, Cody, why don't you do us a favor? This really inspired me. Why don't you tell us your story? Uh, 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 you know, so people can see that um, I, here's what I like. And I'll just say this before he does this. Cody's real. He's raw. He's, uh, uh, he's full of wisdom and grace and mercy, and he knows the mercy and grace and wisdom that God has given him in his life, and he's used that to inspire people. And so I'm grateful for that, brother. You inspired me, and I'm, I'm grateful for people to hear your story and they'll hear how they can be inspired by you also. So have at it, brother. Well, thanks. So, yeah, the guitars in the back. I, playing guitars became part of my profession for nearly a decade. I love playing it. music, singing was fun. So I am, uh, so we'll just start at the beginning, right? And I won't, I won't give you an extended version listener of, of my story because uh, I want to get into how we help you move forward. Uh, but I will say this. So I was raised in rural Oklahoma. You can probably hear that a bit in my voice. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Listen, I, I was raised by a, an incredibly hardworking dad, a mother as well, came to live with my dad when I was uh, at the end of my fourth grade year. And it was a beautiful season. It was different than most. We grew up in a single bedroom trailer and we all slept in the same bed. And for a season, we, we you know, our idea of, of entertainment was being outside in the barn, lifting up feed troughs and finding mice and finding all types of what we would call critters here. Uh, you know, we grew up outside, right? It was a, it was a simpler time and we grew up a little bit different. And so for me, I, uh, did well in school, had fun in school. I was raised Southern Baptist. And, uh, when I was in high school, I started to make some choices that were questionable and found, found myself falling out of uh, the faith that, uh, that I had been raised in. It just didn't make sense to me. And at 16, I felt like I knew everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I and get so, it, I get it. yeah, at, uh, at 18, I was managing a garage while, uh, while being a senior in high school, wrenching on cars, getting my certifications through tech. And uh, the owner, after I graduated, invited me to church. And I said, no, man, I've, I've done that. I've played that game. I'm good. <laughs> Oh, good. And I said, well, why don't you go to coffee with me on a Saturday night? So, all right, I'll do that. Well, the coffee shop was inside of a church. And that's something I had no idea about growing up in a Southern Baptist community. You don't even bring drinks in the sanctuary. No. (laughs) No. Watch out. So, and this place had, this place had lights. It had electric guitars. Had all these things that I had never seen in the church before. And it had a pastor who had a, a history that was checkered like mine. Right. I had made some questionable choices and, you know, dabbled in some things that probably weren't useful for me. And, and so had this guy. And yet here he is. And he was cool. He rode motorcycles. I ride motorcycles. Right. This guy had longer hair at the time I had longer hair. Like there was just so many similarities. Like, okay, well, I can get behind this. This is cool. Okay. I've never seen a faith or a church like this. So 
a few weeks later, I got put on stage. So I got put, put on a platform that I was not prepared for. Some of you will know exactly what that feels like and exactly, exactly where you find yourself in the, in the midst of, again, feeling called, but not necessarily feeling equipped. And so at 19, I started my journey in ministry, which uh, lasted a span of, gosh, well, 33 uh, is when I stepped out of ministry. So, you know, 14 years. And uh, it was a beautiful season that uh, allowed me the opportunities to travel the world, to lead tens of thousands of individuals across the country, um, to walk alongside individuals very, very intimately in the churches and the communities that I served as, well, in ministry, you, you really wear a multitude of hats. It's not that much different than entrepreneurship. Um, but everything from youth pastor to worship pastor to liturgical development to small groups, men's groups, um, uh, teaching pastor, speaking pastor, communicator, uh, small group, anything that you could think of, right? Because that's how, it's typically how the church works. And in the midst of that time, got married, had a child. And in the midst of that time, I became an addict. And not an addict to the things that you'd think, but an addict to affirmation, an addict to attaboys. I became a yes man doing anything for anyone because when your job is God and God comes before anything, then your job comes before anything. At least that's the framework that I had to work with internally and that I'm only as valuable as I am useful. So it came to the point where I was working 18 hours a day for anyone within the community. I was doing all things for all people because I thought that's what my role and responsibility is, is to be all things to all people at any point in time. So getting calls at two or three o'clock in the morning, that's fine. And my family is just supposed to understand because this is the call, like I'm doing all of this for you because growing up having a father that worked so hard, I equated love not with physical presence or affection or emotion or time well spent together, but with the idea that love is provision. And so long as I'm providing, I'm loving and you should just understand because this is my job. And if I don't do this, then I'm going to lose my job. And if I lose my job, then I lose my self-worth. And if I lose my self-worth, then who am I to God? Yep. And the pressure and yep. the pressure and the yep. pressure and the pressure to perform and the pressure to get everything right and the pressure to grow a community and a pressure to keep up with everything that's happening within evangelical charismatic church circles and just like anything, right? And it was all going what I thought to be really good behind the scenes. It was a nightmare, but I wasn't aware of the nightmare because I was so tone deaf to the reality that I had created. Because so long as I was getting the praise and the affirmation, I thought everything was good. Mm -hmm. Until I come home on an October night in 2015 and the, the woman that I had married and had a child with says to me, hey, listen, I know you're trying, but I've been faking it and uh, we're separating today and I've filed for divorce and uh, there's someone else. Oh, really? Didn't see it coming. Should have, but we're only, again, like, like scales falling off the eyes of the blind, we're all, sometimes we're not aware until awareness slaps us in the face. Yep. 
And as a result of that, obviously walked through a season of very public divorce in the midst of that divorce. I lost eight family members and friends to various unrelated tragedies, murders, suicides, overdoses, accidents, leading all of those funerals because I was a man of the cloth who is all things to all people. And it's another way for me to feel affirmation and validation. So let me lead these so I can show you how strong I am in the midst of my own storm. Such a mess. Yep. And in the midst of all of that, not really knowing how to process anything because I didn't know how to process actual trauma. All I knew was pray more, listen to more worship music, lift your hands a little bit more and lead a little deeper. That didn't work anymore. I didn't have any platitudes. As Bonhoeffer would say, I didn't have any cheap grace anymore. Yep. That's truth. And my body, my body about month eight gave out. So I ended up finding myself in a hospital bed going septic, my internal organs shutting down saying, hey man, we're not going to do this anymore. My body quit producing testosterone. I went in what's called thyroid scramble and adrenal failure, mm -hmm. 106 point whatever fever, dying, dying, trying to save everyone else. But I didn't. And as thank I- God. Thank God, brother. Thank God. Yeah, and as I, as, I, as I woke up, and this is where the, the story gets really dramatic, uh, <laughs> haphazardly, I walked my happy self over to the bathroom carrying my little IV bag and looked at myself. I was down close to 25 pounds in a matter of days, just looking emaciated and like I was dying, pale, white, gross, you know, things under my eyes. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, is this the man you want your son to be? Is this how you, is this how you want to be remembered? Like, sacrificing everything you love on the altar of your ministry, sacrificing everything that you say means something to you. You say it means something on social media. You say it means something from a pulpit. You say it means something from a platform, but your actions have communicated something entirely different. And now here we are. And so I asked myself a question that I now ask myself every single day that every man that I walk alongside, the over 4,300 that I walk alongside every single day is this, what needs to die in you to become the man that you said that you'd be? And so I recognized that maybe perhaps I needed to step out of ministry because so long as I stayed in, I was always going to be finding myself trying to be all things to all people and playing a version of myself that was no longer true to my identity. It's mm, good. And so I stepped out. And an interesting thing happens when you lose every shred of identity you've ever had. I wasn't a husband anymore. I wasn't a full-time dad anymore. I wasn't a pastor anymore. That's the only professional identity I'd known since 19. How old were you then, Cody, at this time? 33. Okay. Wow. The year the yeah. <laughs> you just died, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So there was this rebirth that had to happen. And I didn't have anything to report to. I didn't have anyone to report to, just me. And I recognized that there were certain skill sets that I had stepping out of ministry that I wanted to continue pursuing. And I decided then and there that the, the, the pulpit was going to be, was going to serve as the preparation for the platform. Amen. And for some of you listening, you'll understand this completely. You, you'll know because in the midst of what we're facing right now, Maybe everything that you've worked for is suddenly finding itself a bit up in smoke and you're kind of wondering, okay, well, now what? What do I do? What do I do with these skill sets that I've developed with, with these ideas that I've created with this lifestyle that I've become accustomed to, right? Because no longer did I have a salary, no longer did I have a pension, but what I did have was a mortgage. What I did have was child support. What I did have was about $300,000 of debt. <laughs> wow. And so I recognized that, okay. If I believe that I'm created on purpose, by purpose, for purpose, and with purpose, 
then something's got to give. And to be very, very candid, I was seeing far too many of my pastors, my pastor friends putting guns in their mouths. Past three years, I've lost five friends in ministry to suicide. Yep. So it wasn't just me. It wasn't just me living this game of self-perceived perfection and looking at everybody else's filtered life and judging it against my own and saying, why do I not feel something? Why do I not feel fulfilled? I have success on the outside. It's not that I'm not grateful. I'm super grateful. I'm, very, I'm grateful for all that I have. So why do I feel so empty? Why am I turning to a bottle? Why am I drinking every single night just to feel something? What do I do with this? I didn't learn this in church. I didn't learn it. I've prayed all the right prayers and people are still dying around me. I'm doing all the right things. I'm giving my tithe. I'm doing all the things that I'm supposed to do that I've taught to do. And I still don't feel like I want to be alive anymore. And I don't know what to do with that. And so I just started doing different things. I recognize that if feelings follow actions, then maybe, just maybe, I can recreate myself and maybe I can start to do the things that would align with the man that I say that I want to be, not the yes man in the weak version of a man that I had become. Maybe if I started doing different things, maybe if I started saying no more, maybe if I stopped caring what people thought. So good. Maybe then I'd have a chance at whatever this idea of fulfillment was, because what I was doing certainly wasn't working. Wow. And so out of that, Embrace the Lion was born. It was originally Embrace the Lion of the tribe of Judah, but that doesn't really fit on a t-shirt. <laughs> So Embrace the Lion was born, and really it was because I recognized that there was a lion inside of me, but I was showing up as another version of a cat that I will spare you the name of because we're on a family-friendly show. And I recognized that this lion had been put inside of a cage, and that there was a lot of, there was a lot of emotion that I had suppressed because in the community in which I was a part and the, the, the ideologies and the faiths that I had been brought through, there was nothing to do with pain and aggression and anger. There, it was just, we don't, what do you do with it other than ask for peace and calmness, right? But I recognized that I had to go somewhere. So I started, uh, it, it went to me into physical development. And so in the course of six months, I stacked on 30 pounds of muscle. I, I, I acquired far more tattoos than I had when I was in ministry. And I started to become the <laughs> version of myself that I, I, I knew I always wanted to be. I grew up on the back of a Harley. I grew up wrenching on things. I grew up mechanical, but that wasn't an idea of success in the communities in which I was a part. So I suppressed all of those versions of myself to be what I thought everyone wanted me to be. And I recognized where that got me. So I started just being me for me's sake. It's interesting, yesterday there was a poll on, on social media by someone in our community that said, what would you rather have? Would you rather have an amazing garage or would you rather have a recording studio? A lot of the guys I walk alongside are either musicians or mechanics. It just happens to be that way. Right, it's your avatar. And I said, and I said hey, <laughs> what if you could have both? And I started to walk through. I have a, a full home studio and then I have a full mechanics, a four-car mechanics garage, right? Like, um, why can't you have both? And so Embrace the Lion was born, founded on four pillars of head, heart, health, and habits. Head, how we treat our thoughts. Heart, how we treat our relationships. Health, how we treat our bodies. And habits, how we treat our time. And I started developing a platform. I started sharing my story. I started sharing the story of being addicted to alcohol as a pastor, closetly. I started to share the depression. I started to share the anxiety. I started to share what it means to feel overwhelmed by the need to be all things to all people. I shared what it was to not know what it is that I believed every single day. 
And was God big enough for that wandering? Was it, was the story of the prodigal actually true? Could God, could God be for someone and with someone who had endured divorce, who didn't have the perfect picture of, of a life that everyone wants to say exists on the inside of those four walls? Or was I damaged goods? So I started to explore. And I started to walk alongside people. And in the midst of building my business, which was not zero to six figures in 60 days, wasn't anything like you saw on the internet, <laughs> marketed by self-proclaimed gurus. Yes, exactly. I started flipping Harleys in my garage. I cut hair every single day out of my house. I was building websites and doing graphic designs and branding businesses. And that's actually how I got started in this gig of online entrepreneurship was I was running 30-day fitness challenges and I was branding solopreneurs and helping them with their messaging. Because if there was one thing I was good at, it was telling a story. I believe we're all telling a story. Amen. Right. And for the past 20 years, I've helped people tell better stories. I love that. And here we are today, three years later, happily remarried, three amazing kids, living our dream life, which is a dream life to us. It's not for everyone, right? For me, a dream life is being able to wrench on cars and motorcycles in the evenings, going on trips to hike and do fun things with my family on the weekends. To others, it's supercars and fast things and shiny things. And I think that's cool too, right? Three companies from over $300,000 in debt to now no debt and plenty of money in the bank. And being able to say, if, if, if I can do this, let me show you. It's awesome. It's awesome. Thank you for sharing. I, I, you, yeah. know what's, you know what's really encouraging about that, Cody, is, is um, and, I, and I like to do this just because I feel like, um, you know, I'm a kind of an emotional guy too, like you a little bit. You know, yeah. I, I think that my grandmother said it very clear. There's a lot of people, she said this to me, there's a lot of people that will stand behind the pulpit, but their calling was never behind the pulpit. And yeah. that, that they'll, they'll be in God's permissible will for so long and they'll mm -hmm. stand broken in God's permissible will and they'll really shine in ministry. Cause I don't, I, I don't believe, I, I mean, ministry in a word for the world is standing behind a pulpit for, to me, it's what you and I are doing right now. This is ministry. This is, 100%. this is, this is our ministry that we have now stepped into. Cause you know, I felt everybody said, Oh Mike, you're called to pastor. You're called to do this. And I said, uh, and I, I shared this with Cody a couple weeks ago. My, my spiritual father started a, um, a ministry outside of his uh, normal theology ministry as m ordaining marketplace ministers. And I said, he said, uh, he said, you are a minister in the marketplace. He said, there's so many people that are ministers in the marketplace and they just don't know it. They, yeah. they, they've never stepped into becoming that person that leads people and directs people. And, and then he went, and I won't go into this. Then he went down through the scriptures and showed me all these people. It's, it's, uh, there was a, uh, a recent series, Cody, I don't know if you've had a chance to watch it called the chosen and uh, it's, it's on YouTube and it's just freaking phenomenal. And there's one piece in there. And, and obviously back in biblical times, they didn't know what Asperger's was. They didn't know Asperger's was a, um, a, a, a lie, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a statement, but it's, it's something that they've now realized what uh, Matthew was. Right. And, and there's a scene in there, Cody, where uh, Jesus is, uh, just Nicodemus has left money instead of following. And Jesus says, you were, you were almost there. You were almost there, right? Going in, in step like you have, you've stepped into your calling and out of what you 
other people kind of pushed you into doing and you really felt like, oh, this is okay. And you know what you taught me the other day, which is really good. And I, we've heard these things over and over, but it's really okay to say no. It's, I got myself, everybody tells me this, Cody, is I got myself into being the yes guy too. And, and I just want to thank you publicly for saying that because I think it's, it's things. So why don't you share this? And, and, and it was funny. Um, I'm glad that you led into that because that leads right into our next question. Tell us some of the things that you do um, that, by the way, before you say that, you challenged me the other day with your workout on Memorial Day. Um, oh, I'm a, I, uh, I'm a, that's I'm not a, my workout. That's a, that's I, a CrossFit one. Yeah. I know. I know. But so I, I kind of do things a little bit different. Those of you who are watching, I'm, I'm 52 years old and I begin to feel like I'm in my 30s again. And so I challenged myself to do, you know, um, Andy Frisellas does the 75 hard, right? Yeah. And so I, I was like, man, why don't I just do something tougher than that? Why don't I just... Cody says he likes to do things that challenge him. And, you know, when I saw your workout, I was like, wow, what a freaking stud, right? I'm like, heck, I've got to challenge myself. So I decided to do 90 minutes of exercise for 90 days, okay, Good for you. without missing. And I'm on day four and I'm freaking killing it. I had a professional athlete come up to me in the gym yesterday, NBA player, won't mention his name, but said, hey, um, how freaking old are you? And I said, well, how old do I look? He said, like, you're in your late 30s. And I was like, I'll be 52 this year. He said, dude, he said, can I come work out with you? <laughs> and I was like, wow. So, Cody, tell us some things that you do, like kind of your schedule of what you do exercise-wise, because I know you exercise multiple times at times. And tell me some things that, that, that you do that kind of inspire you to keep going and keep your health up and, and what you're doing. Yeah. Well, you know, the one that's awesome, good for you. Well done. Uh, you know, health is a pillar of, uh, of ETL uh, because we've only got one body to change this world in. Amen. And you can't, you can't run a mountain. I work with a lot of dads and you can't run up a mountain with your kids if you're fat. And you know, we, we can talk about social appropriateness and being PC, but listen, if you're fat, you're fat. Exactly. You're out of shape, you're out of shape. You just tell them yeah. what they need to hear. Not, not, not what they want to hear. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to see where you're going when your phone's in front of you all the time. Right. So I train, uh, I train twice a day and it's not because of 75 hard or I think that's a really great platform to get people into that light, which by the way, um, there's a lot more to Andy's program than just yes. working out twice a day. Yes. It's a, yep. it's a, it's fairly comprehensive. Um, these are things that, that a lot of us, uh, have been doing for years. Um, Yep. You just kind of put, put, um, put a, a stamp on it to it. Yeah, yeah. Put a stamp on it. Yeah. So when we, when we talk about physical health though, uh, I train in a few different ways and it, physical health is important to me because I got three kids and I want to be present. And at 36 years old, I'm the guy who's still at the dirt track uh, and on the pump track with, with BMX bikes. And like, I'm a, I love to be that dad. I love to be the dad who last week when I took my daughter to uh, Robbers Cave out in rural Oklahoma, I'm one of the only dads who's scaling mountains. Everyone else is letting their kids go about 50 foot high because they can't climb with their kids. And love it. I, that's just never the dad that I wanted to be. Amen. And so I do understand that sometimes there are physical limitations and there are ways in which we just have no control over our body, but in all the ways that we do have control, we should exercise it. We should give thanks every day to the gift that we've been given by, by feeding it properly. Right? We, we live a, a, 
an incredibly clean lifestyle when it comes to how we eat. My wife has two autoimmunes. Uh, she has Graves and hypothyroidism. And so our, and we have an older, uh, our 11 year old has Asperger's, cerebral palsy, and a severe seizure disorder. So um, our, our eating here is incredibly clean, both for physical health reasons, but then also my wife has her pro card in bodybuilding and I'm uh, certified in a few different uh, organizations when it comes to health and wellness and fitness. And so it's, it's important because again, we're setting the example for our kids and it is my belief that if you are not in control of your body in all the ways that you're able to be controlled, right? Again, I have a daughter with cerebral palsy. So hear me when I say in the ways that you are able, then I'm not really sure what you have control over. Amen. Amen. So for me in the mornings, uh, I'll either go to the, I've got two gyms. Uh, so I'll either go to my bro gym, right. And, and just do bro lifts or, uh, <laughs> or I'll go to CrossFit box and, and hit a wad. And then in the evenings, um, I'll do cardiovascular training. So I'll either run or I'll bike or I will, I do a lot of boxing. Uh, so I've got a, a boxing setup in my garage and I'll do boxing with, uh, you know, body weight training and, and jump rope, speed rope. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So That's awesome. 90 good, minutes, 90 minutes, uh, in the mornings and then typically 60 minutes in the evenings. Wow. That's good. And you know, it's, it's really funny when I, when I posted this Cody about, you know, doing 90 days and you know, for 90 minutes, you know, yeah. you get all and and when you've, and this, this is really funny when, when I, Cole told me this one time, he said, Hey, he says, how come you've never really stepped in to the spotlight? You've got 20 plus years of experience. You, you made, you made a lot of money and you lost a lot of money. He goes, how come you never really stepped in? And I think for me, when I realized that it was a lot about fear and about, yeah. Um, you know, um, I was comfortable with not being in the spotlight sometimes, you know, being a college athlete, uh, all American, you know, at Ohio state and being that back in the eighties, I realized that the eighties were a lot different than they are nowadays. Like the, the, we're in a different, we're in a different way of doing life. And, and for me, I, I started to realize a lot about my health and I just radically changed it. It, You know, in the last couple of years, Cody, I have been able to, uh, take about 15 years off my cellular age. I, we do a DNA testing with, a, yeah. with some panels. Um, I took my, t- I extended my telomeres by almost 14 years in the last 10 years. So I've done a lot of things uh, like what you said with Andy. I like, I like how Andy, you know, talks about biohacking too, like, you know, cold showers and stuff that, mm-hmm. that he does from that standpoint. So let's shift a little bit. Why don't you tell me some good things that you do as a, as a coach um, yeah. and, and as a, and as a, and as a husband, to improve relationships, some things that guys maybe are listening that they can do to improve relationships. Because I I was challenged recently to really love, honor, and respect my wife even more than I already do. Now, if you asked her, she would say, oh, you're the best husband ever. And I'm going to look at myself like you did in the mirror and say, no, I'm not. (laughs) I can be a lot better. I had somebody on my podcast, my friend Sean Q challenged me the other day, Um, you know, some things that he does. And I think we should surround ourselves around people who encourage us to be better husbands uh, and better friends. So tell me some things that you teach and some things you do to to improve upon those things. Yeah. Well, one, recognizing that you can't pour from an empty cup. So taking care of yourself first, right? And putting your, you'll say you put your spouse first. No, I put myself first. Because if I don't put myself first, then I can't put her, you know, as a strong yeah. Satan, taking God like out of the equation of like, okay, that supersedes everything. I understand that. Like, that's just, 
practical here for a second. Yeah. So uh, for us, you know, I, I adhere to what we call in ETL the daily six. So wake up and we focus on gratitude. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. So focus on gratitude. The first thing I do when I wake up is I speak three things that I'm grateful for in my wife. Now, I do that silently because I wake up at 3.45. And if I woke her up at 3.45 a.m., and I'm not saying you need to go wake up at 3.45. That's, it's, it's a habit for me. I really appreciate my quiet time mm-hmm. and the, the, the stillness of the morning. And I wouldn't be able to get through this entire routine that I'm about to share with you for me if I didn't wake up this early. So I focus on gratitude. So I speak that silently over her. And then I focus for the next five or, five or so minutes, I focus on things that I'm grateful for, being very, very aware as I walk through my house, being raised in a, in a single bedroom trailer to now living in a 5,000 square foot house debt free. Like that's a, that's a, that's a shift. That's a, that is a, that is an entire culture shift. Yeah. And I'm very grateful being, being grateful for, for the cool air in our house on summer mornings, just anything and everything. Because what happens typically when we wake up is we focus on all the things that we didn't do the day before. We focus on all the things that we have to do. We focus on all the things that we don't have, all the ways in which this day could go wrong. And the problem is that that frames your day in an attitude of scarcity and fear and frustration. And gratitude can't live where those things live. So I found that when we can start our day with a posture of gratitude, that allows for expansion and openness as we move forward into the rest of our days. So from there, I then meditate. And by meditate, I don't mean I sit like Rafiki from The Lion King and say Om. I think that that's a way to meditate. It's just yeah. not how I meditate. Nope. I meditate by speaking I am statements for 10, 15 minutes. I love that. Right? Why? Because one, biblically, there's power in I am statements. Amen. Christ never said, I will be the way and the truth. And I, I am. It, that's not what he's, I am. You know? I am, I am that I am. I was going to say, Moses, when he came before <laughs> God, I am that I am. Yep. Right? And so there's something interesting subconsciously that happens when we start saying I am statements. When we keep saying things like, I will be successful one day. Your brain, if you allow me to just jam on this for a second, your brain follows the path of uh, what we call the, the principle of least path. In physics, light follows it, water follows it, forms of energy follow it, meaning it needs to go the, the, the least amount of resistance uh, that it can. And so your brain, uh, your thoughts, your processes follow the same path. So this is why Paul says, you know, I, I know all the things that I want to do, but I'll be damned if I don't keep doing the things that I don't want to do. Well, why? Well, because your brain doesn't care. Biologically, psychologically, your brain doesn't care what you want. Your brain only cares about patterns. Your brain only cares about habitual patterns that get you to the point that it thinks you need to be at based on the bias confirmation of your past, right? Because it's busy. It's busy listening to me right now while you determine whether I say what I say is true or not true. You're, if you're watching this, you're taking this information in while watching my mannerisms, right? While breathing in air, while pumping blood, while doing all the things that your, ball, well, your body keeps, keeps itself upright. Think about that. Like all these things that we don't even think about, yet your brain is doing this 24-7. Amen. So for you to have a new thought and want to do a new thing, nah. That's why we get in relationships and we keep making the same bonehead mistakes or we live out the life of our parents, even though that's the last thing that we ever wanted to do. Why? It's what we saw. Monkey see, monkey do. 100%. 
And so for me, meditating on I am statements puts me in a frame of mind of saying I am so that that principle of least path becomes prevalent that I am not, it's not that I'm going to be these things, which signals to my brain, well, you're not yet these things. So I'm going to go into default to what you subconsciously believe you are right now. Because if you say you're going to be a good spouse, what that means is you're not a good spouse. So I just want to default to that. I'm going to be wealthy. Well, then that means that you're not wealthy now. So I'd rather stay on that path. So speaking those I am statements, and then from there, I head to the gym to confirm what it is that I say, that I am able, that I am strong, that I am fit, that I am capable, that I am a protector, that I am the man, uh, I am the king of my castle, right? And so then I move, and I move my body, and I work out. I work out to the hardest of my capabilities, right? Sometimes to make myself physically sick. Why? Because I can. <laughs> yeah. because other people I did can't. that today. I did that today, Cody. Yeah. I, 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 I remember dry, sitting in the car today when after I was done with my 90 minutes and I just sat there for a while. I was like, yeah. I'm not driving this car like this. No way. No way. Well, there, there are some who can't. And so why wouldn't I? Yeah. Why wouldn't I push myself? Amen. Right? And it feels good. It does feel so good. good to know that you've accomplished something before most people wake up. Exactly. So then I come back home. And my office is detached from the house, which is, is great, right? So I have a, my office also acts as a recording studio. So I've got a full recording studio inside of my office, which has always been a dream. And so live in the dream right now. It's awesome. And, awesome. and I read. So I read for 60 minutes. And uh, I read any number of, of books, um, depending on what it is that I'm working towards. So like, I'm typically always reading a marriage book. So right now I'm reading uh, seven principles for making a marriage work. This is like my third time through it. Why? Who, who's the author of that one? John Gottman. Okay. I'm, I'm reading uh, his needs, her needs by, oh, that's William, a great read. by William, William yeah. Harley right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've, this is, this is, I think my third time through it and people say, why are you, are you that bad at being married? Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I am fully man. And yeah, I, I get it wrong. And so uh, there was a story of, of a pastor, an older pastor who was in a rural town and he preached a message one Sunday and everybody said, man, that was an amazing sermon. Wow, I've never heard something like that. And the next weekend, <laughs> preached the same thing. And they're like, whoa, okay. Maybe for the first time visitors, they wanted him, they, they wanted him to hear it. That's, that's smart. That's smart, brother. Well done. Third Sunday, the same thing. Well, what's, what's happening here? Fourth Sunday, the same thing. Two months, same thing. Now the board's getting involved. So I think, is he going, is he going senile? I mean, he is getting up there. Maybe he's approaching retirement. Three months, same exact message. Now the news is getting involved. What is going on with this? People are leaving. People are frustrating. He just won't preach a fresh word. All he's doing is saying the exact same thing verbatim. So the news comes out and they're saying, brother, you're losing half your congregation because you're not bringing anything fresh. You keep saying the exact same thing. Do you, do you recognize you're saying the same sermon every Sunday? He says, I do. Well, do you recognize it's costing you people? Yes, I do. Well, why don't you change up your messaging? Well, until they start doing what I've said the first time, why do I need to move forward? <laughs> so I keep reading the same books, right? Every, every day I read a chapter out of The Greatest Salesman in the World, which if reader or listener, if you're looking for a book to read, read it. It's small. It is tiny. But I can tell you at five foot six that dynamite comes in small packages. And so this small book, there are 10 chapters in it that are going to represent 10 scrolls. And if you will read one, just follow the directions of the book. Don't go forward. Don't try to go fast. Don't try to Amazon Prime this book. 
read it as it's intended to be readed. Don't move forward. One scroll at a time every day, three times a day for 30 days, then move on to the next one. And I can tell you that at the end of those 10 months, your life will be radically 100% improved. And so I read that book every day. It takes about five minutes. And what, what did you say? Did you say what that was? The Greatest Salesman in the World. It's by Og Mandino. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Another book that I, uh, I find a lot of resource from, uh, a good friend of mine wrote, it's called Warrior. And so my buddy Garrett uh, wrote that book along with uh, providing a really robust training protocol. I have not walked through it myself, but he is a dear friend of mine and surfing buddy. And uh, so I highly recommend his stuff as well for men. Um, then I journal, right? And, and I write. I, I, I literally have, I have. One, two, three, four journals yeah. on my desk. We're Cody, we're too much alike, bro. If you could yeah. see my desk behind me over here, I'm kind of behind my, my big large desk is over here on the other side. My wife laughed when I told her a lot of, I made her read your story and watch some of your videos. She said, wow, no wonder you like him. You guys seem like you're too much life. You have like 20 journals, right? Yeah. yeah. So I love writing. Uh, it's, it's been a passion of mine. And so I, I will write what I hope to apply from what it is that I've, I've read. Because while it's been said that knowledge is power, it is not. Right? Knowledge is potential power. Knowledge is only power when it's applied. So I don't care how many books you read. I don't care that you read a book every three days. I don't care that you've got, you know, your office smells of rich mahogany and leather-bound books. I don't care. Because if you don't apply it, it doesn't matter. So it's, it's like the person who takes a hundred courses on how to start a business that can tell you how to start a business from top to bottom, but has never actually done it. So I've been there. I've been if there. You, if yeah. you read one book a year and apply it, great. You're going to still be ahead of 50% of the people who read a book every week and don't do anything with it. Yep. So the greatest salesman in the world, I would highly recommend think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill. I would highly recommend but like four times. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. you, I found one thing that I, I got to figure out and I read it four times. Yeah. And there's another one. If you're looking for something a bit more robust and less, uh, uh, I would say the unabridged version of uh, think and grow rich. And that's right here. And that is called the law of success. And that is by Napoleon Hill as well. It's just a very, very thick read way of the superior man. Uh, the way of the superior man is a book that, uh, that changed my life and continues to form my life. So I recommend that every man read that uh, as well. Um, as a man thinketh is another book. I was getting ready to come right out of my mouth. Yeah. Is, is another book that and is, uh, is incredibly profound. Simple, right? But it simple does easy. very simple. If simple was easy, everybody would do it. Right. Being in, getting in shape is simple, right? Like move your body and don't eat like an asshole. Yet here we are with most people being overweight, right? So simple is the name of the game. Yes, Building a business absolutely. is simple. Being a good spouse is simple, but it's not easy because we have ego and we have patterns and we have habits and we have needs to be right and needs to win and justify and be heard. And for men, if I can say anything in terms of relationship as a, as a guy who's now, uh, listen, on his second marriage and uh, has the opportunity to listen to thousands of men every single day, do a better job listening. Don't listen to respond. Listen to hear. Two years, right? And, and recognize that his needs, her needs. That's great. You know, the five love languages is another really good book uh, to recognize that, listen, I, I love buying my wife stuff. I didn't grow up with, with money and now having money, we don't like to buy frivolous things necessarily. Uh, like I'm the guy that rather than buying a Lambo or something that would not make sense for, for me, dude, I, I, I love buying like 
a 68 Charger, uh, 89 Bronco, and <laughs> two crappy old Harleys. That's my wife. That's my wife. To the but team. I'm a mechanic. I want to tinker on things. I want to build things. I like working with my hands, right? Um, it's good. But I loved, I loved to buy my wife things. And you know what? What's funny? She could care less. She appreciates it. She could care less. All, but to me, growing up with not much of anything, anytime I got something, it meant everything because we didn't have anything. But for her, she didn't grow up getting a lot of attention. So for her, my undivided attention, me looking her in the eyes, me asking her engaging questions and listening. Quality time. Asking she must be quality time, I'm guessing. Yeah. Quality time, yeah, words of affirmation, physical touch. Yeah. Yep, that's my wife. Right. My wife are those two. To the yeah, and so, and so for me, I'm not those things naturally. And I think when we can recognize that we're not those things naturally, for me, quality time was when my dad, like when somebody got off work and we s sat down and we like either maybe turned on the TV and watched Wheel of Fortune or Cops, right? <laughs> and, uh, and, and, yep. and, and my grandfather would sometimes play his guitar over Wheel of Fortune and nobody cared. Well, to my <laughs> wife, if I bring my guitar downstairs and I'm going to play over a movie that we're watching, she gets so annoyed because that's not quality time. To me, it is, but to her, it's not. To me, I'm here. Why do we need to talk? Right? That's, that's if, if I lean to my own understanding, that's my <laughs> mentality. It's like, me too, brother. Me too. We didn't, we didn't talk growing up. Like, why do I, why do we need to talk? So recognizing that your partner has needs that may be very different than yours and that it doesn't make one of you right and one of you wrong. It's just recognizing that we've all, we all have our own experience that we walk through. And part of, part of love, right, is, is recognizing that, uh, that you have needs that are different than mine and I should want to edify those needs, right? And I have found that, like, I, I, so... I'll say like, I don't like my, I don't like anybody to buy me anything. I like to buy it for myself. Uh, I'm not, I'm not a really great <laughs> receiver. And typically because like people get me really thoughtful gifts, but they're not gifts I'd get myself. So like it doesn't compute to me. I get it. Right. I get it. Uh, so the beauty is so long as I'm meeting my wife's needs, right. And men listen to this. So long as I'm meeting my wife's needs, so long as I'm giving her quality time, attention, affirmation, so long as I'm touching her in ways that show her that I care for her, which doesn't mean groping her, which is why, how I would naturally touch her <laughs> because she's hot. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yep. But just, you know, giving her those physical touches that, that show her that, that she's comforted or that she's loved and valued. Listen, I can do whatever I want. I want to go buy something new for the garage. I want to go get a new toy. I want to do, do something. If I wasn't meeting her needs, it's, it's a problem. As long as I'm meeting her needs, she could care less. So it's a win-win. Focus. Listen, if you, if you want your needs met, one, focus on filling your cup in the morning so that you can meet the needs of your partner through the day and be the man that you said that you'd be. Right? So you can be, you can be the man that your sons aspire to be when they grow up, and you can be the man that your daughters will end up marrying. Make no mistake, whether, whether you're a POS or you're a knight in shining armor, your daughter will marry you. You get to choose. I believe that. I believe that. And, and Cody, you said, so your last two of your six, I believe, is you, you number five is you plan, right? Uh-huh. Yep. And, and then you spend time with your family, right? That's yep. kind of so, your. 
So plan, meaning I'll take out, so I'm a physical planner guy. I don't do, I have a calendar online for scheduling things, but I also write it in a physical planner. I like paper in front of me. I'm old school like that. Some people don't understand it and that's cool. Some people like to show their screenshots on the internet of how busy their schedule is. Mine is not. I do not have a busy schedule. I have a productive schedule, but I also have a schedule that I've created while people say, I don't have any time. Like, dude, I run three successful businesses, two more in the works. and. I have plenty of time. Part of it is because I get up so early and I get everything <laughs> exactly. done and I get everything done before everyone else wakes up so that I can work on, in my business through business th- through the times that I need to. And then I'm off in the afternoons. I'm off every weekend. Like I'm spending time with my family. Yeah. I've only got 18 guaranteed summers with my kids. That's it. That's it. Well, so, so that's awesome. Planning, planning the day so that I know that I'm not wasting time because time is valuable. And then uh, typically around eight o'clock, I run downstairs and I make a mean eggs and bacon every single morning. Sometimes we'll make some pancakes, like paleo pancakes. Um, My wife's favorite. Kodiak cakes sometimes. <laughs> and uh, But we have breakfast every single morning. We don't always get lunch together because uh, if I have a call or I'm doing a podcast or something else, like that doesn't happen. Uh, but we always eat dinner together as well. So breakfast awesome. and we eat dinner together. And then awesome. we're always super like always active on the weekends. So yeah, time with the family, time with family is important. Awesome. And, and it's kind of funny. I said this at the beginning, I think how you've, how we've went through this is you've, you summed up a couple questions that I normally ask you in a group of all of them, which is pretty awesome how that happens. But one last thing I want to, I want to, I want you to share. Yeah. Uh, and then I'll have, I want people to be able to connect with you and know how mm-hmm. they can connect with you is, sure. is, is talk a little bit just about, uh, cause I know you've said this and, and it's very important is just about how, we can be accountable to ourselves, but things that we do to hold ourselves accountable, like, like this is something that um, I, I'm just going to say this before Cody goes into this, that I've implemented recently for myself is I got a couple accountability partners and we meet every week and we talk and we encourage each other. But you know what they've done? They've sharpened me. They've told yeah. me things I need to hear, not what I want to hear. And, and what I've done is, is like for me, I know how many men, seven out of 10 men struggle with pornography, right? Um, I put blocks on my phones. I put blocks on my computers. I put blocks on things. Why? Because I respect the woman that God, God said that when I find a good wife, I find a good thing and I find favor with God, right? And God has entrusted me with Lisa. I, and I take that, I don't take that for granted. So I made her put blocks on my computers and on my iPads and everything so that I'm, I'm held accountable. So tell me some things that you do, Cody. I know you've mentioned a little bit of things, but just maybe some what that shares on your heart and what you think about when you think about it. Yeah. So one, accountability and community is, is at the forefront of, of what we do, right? So when we talk about connecting, um, I would encourage every guy that listens to this to jump over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash embrace the lion and join the over 4,000 men that are committed to this type of community. We're going to be rolling out some opportunities for you to jump into even deeper community to create the life and uh, for, for many, the business uh, that, uh, that you know that you're called to. So I would love to see you over there. I'd love to hear more of your story. Again, I, I've been in the business of over 20 years of helping people tell a better story, but that starts with hearing yours. So Amen. jump over. That said, for me, it is a robust system of checks and balances. So uh, my wife knows what I do every day, right? Like we go over our calendars and our schedules. Um, 
we, we've got a lot going on between therapies for one of our daughters and between events and activities. And my wife runs her own successful business and she's also uh, just finished up her second book. So she's, she's busy and, uh, and I'm busy and the kids are busy and, uh, but all busy towards productive things. So for me, accountability to her, to let her know that I'm being responsible with my time so that I can help where I, where help is needed. Right. Um, divvying up, you know, house, uh, house activities. Um, there are certain things that I'm responsible for, right? Like kitchen, trash. There are certain things that are my dominion that I need to take care of. Um, and so that accountability to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm meeting her where she is. And then uh, I have a, a very tight knit band of brothers uh, that I report to every single week that know me inside and out, that know all of my mental trash, that know all of the ways in which I want to want to be a good husband and I want to want to be a great dad, but deep down sometimes I actually don't, which is why I say I want to want them. Because sometimes I would rather be working 24 seven, building this empire out of ego. And that makes more sense to me and being honest about that. Being honest, uh, when, when I feel like I want to go, uh, get a margarita with some Mexican food, even though I live a sober life. So being able to text on somebody and say, Hey dude, thank you. I, I do a margarita. Sounds really good right now. <laughs> I'm a margarita fan too. <laughs> and, and so they'll reply back to me. Yeah, it does. It does. Doesn't it? But seven doesn't. And because of my personality and somebody who just drives things to the very edge, I know that if I have one, it'll justify going back down a rabbit hole of drinking. Yep. So, but, but that only happens through being open and by sharing that, Hey, like I have these things that are vices to me. And if I'm not careful, if I'm not careful, I won't stop my day when my day is, when I've told my family, my day is going to end, I will continue working. If I'm not responsible, if I'm not held accountable to my wife who says, Hey babe, um, you know, it's five and that's when your phone's supposed to be in the bedroom. Like, are you wrapping that up? I can get it. Hey, listen, who, who provides most of the income here? Hey, who does this? Hey, why don't you let me do this? Cause I need to work tonight. No, you're right. That was a non-negotiable I said existed. So if I'm going to be a man of my word, a man of integrity, I need to come up the phone up. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, babe, it's Friday night. Did you delete your apps? Sure did. Now it's not to like cut me down. It's we do that. Yeah, did you? Yep, cool. Perfect. Love it. There's accountability. I love that. I appreciate that. And I appreciate that in you. I appreciate that in you. Appreciate that. And one of the things as we close, um, one of the things I'm really, I'm really respectful about is is time. And um I I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you because I I I I feel like I feel like I'm encouraged by uh my prayer recently, Cody, has been that God would surround me with the, I'm a huge John Maxwell fan. And John says, you know, yeah. you're, you're, you're a product of, of your intentionality. You're a product of your environment. And when yep. you surround yourself and you bring good things in, it's like garbage in garbage out. Right. It's like, yeah. we, yeah. we can, we can, uh, we can listen to somebody uh, and we can chew up the meat and spit out the bones. Right. Like, like mm-hmm. Cody's not, not the person he's not enforcing you not to drink. He's just saying that for him, those are things that he needs accountability with and he needs yeah. He's made commitments for himself. Right. Yeah. And, 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 it, and, and there's some people, I don't, it's like, like he said in the very beginning, I love it when he said, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to judge you. 
I, I've, 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 I've messed up in my life, right? Listen, I've, man, I've, I've already, I've already been to hell. <laughs> I've already been to hell and back. So I'm not afraid to step into anyone else's, right? But I'm not here to shame you. I love that as well. I love that. And so for me, it's not even about the the idea that things would still be. Uh, for me, it's never the, oh, I'm going to go do this. And I, I just need somebody to hold my hand. We're past that. Like, you know, we've been past, I've been past that for, <laughs> for a long time, but it is the ownership. It is the, Hey, I had this thought and out of, out of my own ethical responsibility, out of the brotherhood, I got to share with you that I had this thought. Yep. Right. Because yep. like feelings follow actions, right. And thoughts are somewhere in there. So I need to honor this thought. I need to honor this feeling right? so that it doesn't turn into an action. Yeah. And so it doesn't and, matter where you're at on the journey, whether you're, whether you're trying to move something forward, whether you're trying to quit something, whether you're trying to abstain from something, whether you're just trying to be less of a jerk, whether you're trying to be more focused on the family, whether you're trying to make more money and grow a business that requires accountability. All of these things require accountability, right? All of them. And Why does my business move forward? Because one of my close friends, like they're all doing multiple seven and eight figures. Yep. If that doesn't motivate you, I don't know what will. Motivates me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, and you, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. You brought up, you brought up the time thing. Um, one of, I, I had my friend Ryan Mickler on a couple um, months ago. I don't know if you know Ryan that well, but he- I know Ryan really, Ryan's uh, a dear friend. I, okay, I yeah. Ryan. Yeah. So, you know, he said, he brought up an instance and he said, Mike, he said, um, um, my wife and I have this respect for each other for our time right? Like we hold each other accountable to our times. Yep. And one, one day she came down and, and, and he, you know, he has this massive office and barn and everything that he does. And he's just, mm-hmm. a, it's just an awesome thing. He's like you, he thinks, you know, Hey, I need to, I, this is what I need. This is what I want. I can do it. Yep. So I'm going to do it. Right. Yep. And he, and he said, he said one time she came down and said, Hey Ryan, will you take the trash out? And he said, honey, you can lay it outside the door. And at 501, 501, I'll take the trash out. And she said, honey, I'm so sorry. I totally, I, I, I disrespected our accountability of our time frame. You work from this till this, and then the rest of the time is mine and my family. Yep. And, 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 and I think we, we've learned that. We learned how to, uh, our spouse holds us accountable. Other people hold us accountable. And then we are allowed to, to, to hold other people accountable for things that they say and do. And that's a, that's a, it's a fine line sometimes, Cody, but I just want to say thank you for having people in your life and expressing how important that is to you. Yeah. Even my, my wife, my wife, we, we do the same thing, right? Just holding each other, other accountable to the time. And just to close that out, also respecting that when just because you want to have a conversation doesn't mean it's the appropriate time to have a conversation. So there'll be times when I'm in the middle of my work day and my wife will come up and just want to talk to me and tell me something, but I'm right in the middle of something. And so I'll, I'll stop her and I'll say, Hey, listen, I, I, I want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear this story because it's obviously very important to you, but I need 10 more minutes because if not, and I'll, I'll take a break, but if not, I'm going to be like at best half in on this conversation because I'm going to be thinking about what it is that I need to be doing. Right. And the same with her. If she's in the middle of something and I come down, I'm like, guess what? And she's like, I need a second. It's not that I don't want to hear you, but I'm in the middle of something. That's I'm so good. That. Yeah, we, that happened this morning. So I was up and um, I fixed the, as I said, I fixed the washer. And of yeah. course my wife is in heaven now because all the laundry, she had to, you know, we had to go to a laundromat while everything was not wow. being fixed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, um, and, and so, you know, we had somebody come, they couldn't fix it. And she said yeah. this morning, she said, I was in the middle of just finishing up some, some of my morning's 
you know, things that I do. And she said, Hey honey, can you do blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And I said, can you give me 30 seconds? I said, and if, and I said, look, if I'm not done in the time frame, then you can say, Hey, you know, your 30 seconds is up, right? <laughs> like, can you yeah. get this done? And I'm a, I do all the cooking in our home. Uh, so, um, I, I make my, my wife came to me, Cody, and I'll finish with this. I, my wife came to me a couple months ago and she doesn't have to work if she doesn't want to. She sure. said, she said, I want to go back to work. And I was like, she's working on the front line at the hospital with COVID patients. Yeah. And, uh, she's just an angel. She's just a saint. There's my hero wears a mask every day to protect herself from what, what, you know, what we're going through right now. And as we start to come out of it, she's my hero, but I respect her because of the things. And you know, what's funny Our everything in our life has, has just scaled quickly after loss because we've really dug into really being in that perfect will of God. Just like you said, you know, now you're striving in what God's got completely planned for you, able to say no, able to move forward. And so I'm just grateful for you. Is there anything you want to send us off with? I mean, it's all possible, right? It's all possible in the sense, uh, it, it, to the extent of your willing to confront things and your willingness to own what is yours to own and uh, your ability to dream and execute and surround yourself with, if, you know, this is the He Fluence podcast with, with strong men that will hold you accountable. And uh, if, you, if you don't have that in your life, you know, uh, I would definitely say to reach out to Mike um, or someone like Mike to, uh, to help you in that journey because no man should have to walk this journey alone. Awesome. I love, I'm, I'm going to send this off. And the last thing I want to say is this is something that Cody said in this call the other day. I have it written here. I, he, I told him the other day, I took like three or four pages of notes. So I was looking at some things as he was saying, seeing if maybe I might've missed something. Cause I'll go back over this tonight and kind of go through it probably with my wife. Cause she's going to say, Oh, you're not going to listen to Cody's message tonight without me being on the phone, which is how, you know, or listening. So I'll make sure I download it today. I, I told my, my editor that I was going to send it to him today. And he said, Oh, I'll finish it tonight. So you and Lisa, but here's one thing I love that Cody said. I get goosebumps as I think about it, you guys. He said, never say I can't. Never say I can't. Mm -hmm. I, I listened to a daily affirmation podcast uh, from my friend John Eldridge, who's a pastor out in Denver, Colorado. And it's a 13-minute affirmation that I speak these things over my life. And I've almost have them memorized. And they're the same things I, I thought about when Cody said that, you know, he, he speaks these I am statements over, him, over his life. And that's what John teaches us to do. He teaches us to speak those things. So if you're out there listening, I pray that you will share this. Um, make sure that you go to Cody's Facebook group and uh, Embrace the Lion on Facebook and join that group because it's an awesome group. I just joined the other day. I'm excited to uh, get to know a lot of the guys in there and get to know Cody better. And guys, the only way this gets out there is if you share it. And if you uh, share it with friends, share it with your wives, share it with your husbands. If you're a wife, share it with your son and your husband because they need to hear this message. This is, this, is, this is fruit, guys. This is obedience and fruit. And these are things that people need to hear. So thank you guys for listening to another session of the Heathfluence podcast. Love God, love people, and live with passion. Have a great rest of your day. <laughs>